Charlie, and welcome to the podcast that's about to take your faith on a delightful and slightly unpredictable journey. That's right. It's time to dive into the world of messy antics. Now, if you've ever found yourself caught between the matzo cracker and the communion wafer, you're in for an absolute treat. We're here to chat about all things messianic and Torah, and let me tell you, it's a roller coaster of divine proportions. Think of us as your trusty guide in this biblical amusement park. We're going to explore the highs and the lows, the holobread wins, and the wandering in the wilderness fails. Get ready for candid conversations, guest appearance by prophets, well, maybe just their descendants, and discussions about what it's really like to walk out this whole word of Adonai. So whether you're a seasoned sukkah assembler or you're just wondering about what on earth is a mezuzah, join us for some laughter and maybe learning a little bit about this holy chaos. After all, life is messy and faith is full of antics. I get to interview today someone that most of you know and love, Dr. Deborah Gold. And I'm going to hop in really quick and just tell you, let's read a little bit. And I'm going to sneak, I'm sneaking for those of you who are listening on the podcast, you can't see me, but I'm holding up her newest book. So you could already read it, but I'll tell you about it in a minute. Dr. Deborah Gold is an author, motivational empowerment coach in the field of trauma recovery. She has been a practicing behavior therapist since 1990, getting her PhD in psycho in psychology, I was going to say psychotherapy, psychology in the night in 1999. She also has earned a bachelor's degree in theology. Dr. Deb is a Bible teacher and a sought after national conference speaker. Her wit and humor have given her an edge in driving home the difficult truths with the ability to laugh at herself while providing the opportunity for others to recover and heal. Her message is one of redemption and hope. Deborah's passion is to help women and young people recover from the trauma of sexual, emotional, spiritual, and physical abuse. She has helped hundreds in her career. I'm going to say thousands in her career to recover and lead happy and productive lives. And I'm going to just add to that. I know many who have have sought and connected with Dr. Deb, and she's not the therapist who uh, makes you uh sign a lifelong contract. She expects you to get better and get a, pick up your mat and go. So I'm, I'm blessed. Thanks for being with us, Miss Deborah. Well, Dr. Hi. Deb, it's Dr. So good Deb. that's what we got to do. Hey, you know, we didn't say anything in here about you. You've done for years. I know just recently you've taken a sabbatical, but tell us about your show that, I mean, for years you would with Hebrew nation radio. Yeah. And well, and for nine years, uh, I was also on a Los Angeles County radio program called Oasis, but the name of my program was Behind Enemy Lines. And that was a call in and I loved it. Uh, it was so much fun. I did that for nine years. And then the 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 Christian station turned all Hispanic. So oh. <laughs> So what do you feel like now you've moved into, I know you've written things before, but this is a new book for you and I'm holding it up for everyone. The book is called what's, what's lust got to do with it. And, uh, tell me what inspired you to write this. Well, I, actually it was God inspired. I really believe that with all my heart. Um, he spoke to me really plainly that lust had controlled my entire life. And when he said that to me, I was highly offended and I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean lust has controlled my life, you know? And, uh, but then I started to realize that lust had been behind every situation and every circumstance. My mother was raped by her stepfather and that had an effect on how she treated me and it affected our relationship. She went through four husbands 
and it affected each of those relationships. It affected my relationship on how I viewed the world and other people. And it really did, lust did control my life. And I had no idea that, you know, the tentacles went that deep. And then I started researching and I realized it had gone back four generations. And so um, it was just like goes through families, you know, relationship after relationship, which is really basically the definition of a generational curse. And of course, I did not realize I was under a generational curse at the time uh, when God inspired me to do that. And so I just started writing and it took me I want to say a good eight to 10 years to really unlock everything I wanted to unlock in the book. I needed, not that I sat 10 years at a computer, you know, looking at it and writing, but just in life experience and the things I learned and the things I had to learn and the lessons that he taught me. Um, the degree I, I, I got in psychology in my postgraduate work it hasn't helped me as much as living through the trauma and dealing with it and finding the solutions on my own. If, you know, if we're going to be honest. Isn't that true? I'm sure that there were some tools that through that graduate work that helped you navigate that as well as the Holy Spirit, right? Leading you in all right. truth. Yeah. He always leads us into all truth. And some of the, the most profound um, changes that occurred in me actually happened through the Holy Spirit. But yes, you're right. The tools help and they're, they're, I use those with my trauma therapy. I use a lot of the tools, but I also uh, go at a more of a spiritual angle as well, because if you're not free spiritually and you're not able to forgive and you're not able to let go and move forward, you know, that's the first step in any recovery is admitting, Hey, you know what? I got a problem. Houston, there's a problem here, you know, and <laughs> doing something about it. Absolutely. And so yeah, Absolutely. you have to make that decision. You know, it's just like, you know, recently we read in Deuteronomy, you know, I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And so before us always is a choice and a decision to live life or we can walk in the curse of our um, victimhood, so to speak, you know. And so we have decisions to make all along the way, spiritually, emotionally. And mentally, we have to decide, you know, to, to seek help or, or go through the steps, right? right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know that, that um, we'll make sure that every way to contact Dr. Deb and get a hold of her, even scheduling a call with her to see if her program is a good fit for you. The other thing that I know before we jump into your story about, about how you, the Torah came awakened, awakening for you. The other thing I want you to share, because it's something coming up pretty soon for those of you who are, we are recording this in the very end of, of September headed into Sukkot, but you have something big coming up with, with women of merit ministries. Yay. Yes, I do. Um, and it's one of my favorite things to do is put on this conference because Charlie Brown is going to be one of our keynote Yay. speakers. And then we've got a great lineup, Lori Templeton, uh, Stacy Goatsinger, um, there's just a great lineup of people and Misty Harbor is going to be there for the first time, not at the conference for the first time, but it's really going to be the first time for her sharing her testimony on a stage like this. So I'm really excited for that because I know a lot about her testimony. She shared it with me. So there's so many women that are just 
have been praying up this conference. And I know we've talked about it, Charlie, and I've talked with all the speakers and God's just filling us right now. I know he told, he told me this year that this is going to be the year of restoration. Mm -hmm. And I have seen restoration begin to happen in this family and that family and, and people telling me that they haven't talked to relatives in years. And all of a sudden they show up on their doorsteps and, and are getting families restored, relationships restored. And I, and I think we, as we, you know, have been digging in through this season, um, becoming reconciled to even our past is a form of restoration. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're, if you're a woman that's listening right now and it's before uh, November 10th, 2023, um, it's, that's the weekend it's Labor Day weekend. It'll be Friday and Saturday and Sunday. I want to encourage you if you're out there and you're thinking, I, I'm, I'm struggling with letting go of some things. I feel that I'm tied down and confused and I'm not sure what to do next. And I don't have a safe place to bring, find some healing. Um, I don't have a safe place where I feel like I can hear from women who might've been there before, who might understand what I'm going through. I need to be in a place like that. This is the place for you. And so I encourage you to go to womenofmeritministries.com, go in there and, um, and get registered. It's, it's very, very reasonable. It's going to be in Edmond, Oklahoma, just outside of Oklahoma city. And I'm, I'm excited for those of you who are hearing us now to go right away and get that. Not just for you, but to bring someone with you, someone that, you know, you know what it's, they need, they need it. They might need someone to sit and pray with them. Maybe they just need to get away to get some healing because it's time for you to step into what God's called you to be. So I want to hear from this. Listen, coming into this, you were pastoring a church in uh, central California or, or it, is it technically, I think it's still considered Southern California. You're, you're yeah. below the grapevine. So yeah. in Lancaster, Palmdale, you're pastoring a church. What this was, this was not a messianic congregation. This was kind of a breakout of an assembly of God church. Is that correct? Right. Right. Okay. That's where I started in an assembly of God. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, I had, I had just gone through a major divorce. My husband and I had a church of about 300 people and we, um, he decided one day, Hey, I don't want to be involved in ministry anymore. I want to pursue a different lifestyle. And he was sort of, he was having affairs and things with going on with other women I didn't know anything about. And so that was a shock. And so I decided, okay, I am so done with ministry. I'm so done with, you know, I've got a clinic, you know, it, that's where most of my income came through anyway. Um, I, I, I just, I'm going to do that. And I went on a 40 day water fast and I said, okay, God, you're going to have to speak to me. I'm not willing to play church anymore. I'm not willing to play any games. It's going to be you all the way or nothing, you know, because I was ready to walk away from all of it. And so, uh, in, in that process, I found God started showing me all these things. Cause all I took with me was a Bible and went into the mountains, you know, and kind of had a, one of those Elisha experience, Elijah experiences, you know, where I just like, I'm done with everything, you know, it's too much. And so, um, I started seeing things in the Bible I'd never seen before. And I, I didn't even know there was such a thing as Hebrew roots, messianic movement. I knew nothing from nothing. I mean, for me, Torah, Torah, Torah was a movie. <laughs> That's, <all I> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and, and so I, 
I, I started seeing things. And then lo and behold, as fate would have it, uh, someone on my UCAN, I, I had my nonprofit organization was the clinic was uh, United Community Action Network, and uh, the acronym for it was UCAN because we were helping uh, dysfunctional families and youth, um, you know, get healed from trauma and different things. And so, contracted with the the County of Los Angeles Probation Department. We handled their population, basically. So they're pretty messed up. They were all in the juvenile justice system. The kids were and the parents. A lot of them came from prisons and you name it. Bad news. So that's what I did for a living. And boy, was that fun. And so um, it really was very rewarding. But lo and behold, what I was going to get to was one of my board members became messianic in ah. all of this. And he was a district attorney. And just one at one of our board meetings, he said, have you ever considered the fact that Jesus said that not one jot or tittle of the law would be done away with? And I said, oh yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I know that scripture, yeah. And he goes, well, what do you think that means? And I'm like, well, that, you still do the Ten Commandments. He goes, oh, you believe in the Ten Commandments? And he, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he he questioned me on the Sabbath, and and he goes, just go back and read it, you know, and, and told me to read it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, you know, just kind of like, eh, whatever. And then it, it kept bothering me. And so I started doing my own research, and I started reading it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm finding this, and I'm finding that. And the great thing about it was is I knew nobody – mentored me, gave me a brochure, pounded me over the head. It was this, the Holy Spirit that just started leading me and directing me and asking me questions, you know, and, and he would like ask Like a good me, rabbi, like a good rabbi would, right? I know. And I didn't even realize that's the way a rabbi teaches, you know, until later. And then I realized, oh, rabbis ask questions. That's what Yeshua did. That's what Jesus did. You know, he asked a lot of questions. Yeah. And that's what, how I got mentored in it. And, and then I started going to my elders and I said, look at this, you know, what do you think this means? And what do you think that means? And, oh my gosh, you know, and, and so this whole world, and we all agreed, you know, we would do Bible studies together and all of that. And then one day a friend um, told another person, oh, I know somebody that knows teachers. And I'm like, really? And it happened to be a friend um, um, of a, one of the people that went to our congregation named Mar Margot Dahl. And so she got, she came to our congregation to see what we were doing, to see what we were all about. And so, yeah, I was telling her, man, we found this new thing. And we're, you know, we thought we were the only ones, <laughs> you know. Thing. Yeah, I yeah. totally get this. Yeah. <laughs> And so she goes, oh, I know great teachers. I know Bill Cloud and I know Brad Scott, you know, and we, you're like, we, who, who are these people? And no, we don't, no, 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 this is our thing. This is not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she said, would you be interested in having some of them show up at your congregation here? And I said, well, yeah, that'd be great because we had already decided we needed to flip from Sundays to Saturdays, you know, and, uh, and so we had this, we had at one time, like 300 people that were all on board and they were going, yeah, this is great. Rah, rah, rah. Until we switched to Saturday. And then it was another mass exodus that we experienced <laughs> <laughs> before, 
people just started leaving one by one, not really upset or anything, because I'd been teaching about some of these things for like six months before we made the flip. But once we did, it was things that, and I, and I probably was, you know, looking back on a, a bit of a Torah terrorist, you know. I mean, don't like, we all start there? I think that's what we we have grace now as new people maybe get awakened to. Wow. Yeah. And you know, another good question is to ask them is is anyone is if you were on a desert island, because the word of God is is written in such a way that even the simplest can understand it. Mm -hmm. If you were on a desert island and all you had was a Bible no cultural traditions of any kind, what would you be? And would you, you know, would you be celebrating Christmas? And not that I, I'm, I'm not condemning that. I, you know, that's fine. That's your tradition. I'm not saying one way or another on that, you but know, if, that's if you grew up and you didn't know any different, if you didn't know any different, what would you do if you were on a desert Island and you just read the Bible? Um, because I had a believer, in fact, it was my son-in-law come to me when I, when we still had the church and he says, why don't we do all these other things here? And he was pointing out like in Leviticus 23, you know, and why aren't Wait, we this doing is life? for all for eternity. This is eternal. Why are we stopping? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was his question. And I'm like, well, after Jesus, it wasn't really necessary anymore. You know, I gave him the yeah. pat answer, yeah. you know, that he yeah. was given. And then and you're he like, goes, he's like, wait, but didn't Paul still do yeah. that? That was after Jesus. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait. You know, and so uh, that I always went back to him saying that and realized I really didn't answer him. I dismissed him, Ooh. you know. And so when I started studying more after, you know, that fast, I, when I was on that fast, I just told the Lord, I said, I just want you. Mm -hmm. I just want the truth. Mm -hmm. I don't want to play church. I'm ready to walk away from church. I, I just want you, you've got to speak to me. And, and he did, you yeah. know, he's faithful. If you just go to him in prayer and say, Lord, just show me, Yeah, yeah. you know, the thing. And even after you get into, um, these messy antics that we're in. <laughs> <laughs> right. It can, it can be messy for sure. You know, the one thing I find that most people divide on isn't purity or, or any of the things that really are important. It's preference. I prefer this calendar. I prefer doing it this way. Well, I prefer doing it that way. Right. And in preference, we have something we can unite under. And we can unite under the banner of Yeshua. Yes. And we need to find the things that we can unite over, not, you know, be so persnickety about our preferences, which in the general scheme of things, um, the Lord said, you know, I hate your Sabbaths. I hate your feasts. I hate your festivals because you're not doing my heart. The heart of worship is justice and love and peace and love unites. It doesn't divide. Correct. Love never fails, you know? And so love has to be our focus. Even Yeshua said that, right. you know, entire Torah hangs on these two principles, love God, and love your neighbor as yourself, right. you know, 
that's it. That's the foundation. Well, we we find that as we go through each one of the Torah portions, we find that each one is about how to live in community and love and how to love God, like literally and how, and, and that, how do we, how do we love someone the way we're loved? Because, and we understand how much he loves us, how long his arm is, how much he's there to save us. You and I have similar stories in this. And, um, for me, the same was, I just said, God, if it's not you, I don't want it. I don't want religion anymore. And I'm pastoring a church of God. And I'm like, if it's not you, I don't want it. If this is not you, I'm so done with playing church, playing religion. I'm done. I just want you. And the same exact thing happened. So if you're out there and you're listening and maybe you happened upon this and you've been praying that prayer, strap up, get ready, buckle up buttercup. Cause he will take <laughs> you on a ride. And the whole, I promise you that the Holy spirit will lead you in all truth. Don't listen to us. I don't want you to listen to me. I want you to ask questions. I don't want you to listen to Dr. Deb. I want you to ask questions. Right. I hope we spur some things in you. So starting out, you start this journey. Can you tell me maybe a story or two of where it was kind of funny that something got messy? Like you started trying to walk this out and you didn't know what you were doing. You know, you thought you were the first ones. That was already funny, but (laughs) how did it get messy? Any times when it got messy for you? Oh my goodness. Well, so we realized the elders and myself, and they were all on board, which is amazing. You know, the elders in my congregation are great people. I still love them all to pieces to this day. And and they're all following Torah to this day. Um, but so we, I said, you know, let's do a Sabbath dinner. We'll do it at my house. Cause I had a really big house at the time and, you know, and, and they could bring all their families and everything. And, and you know, what it signifies is that it's like the Lord, the lamb's supper every Friday night, you know, and I'm telling them all this stuff. Like I'm this big spiritual coach here. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the lamb supper every Friday night. It's got to be really special. Our best China, you know, everything, you know, so come, you know, dressed and, and we're going to pray and we're just going to have the lamb's dinner, you know, we're rehearsing for it. And so I thought, what can I do? That's really special that everybody will just love. And I thought crab legs, <laughs> Cause it's California, you know? Yeah. For real. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, the crab shack, you know, there's all these. <laughs> uh, and so I'm like, yeah, I have crab legs for everybody, you know? And so I have crab legs and all of this, you know, non-kosher food there and everything. And so, um, yeah, I, That's I was funny, pretty, but you know what I love about I was pretty that embarrassed is, later. Like, you, you know what, can you even imagine as your child, imagine one of your daughters or your son wanting to hold a dinner for you. And they, because they're wanting to honor all the things that are you and they put every, their best, everything out. And they put out the food you hate the food that you're like, they try, I always call it my, when my daughter would make me princess toast, you know, and it would be like, like, what is on this? I don't even know. And you pretend like you eat it. And then you never say a word because as they grow, they learn what you love. And they fix the things and do the things that you love, but you would never be like, I'm not eating this. This is horrible. I can't believe you didn't know. And that's what I love about God is he's not like, I can't believe you did crab legs. You know, he's, he just loves us where we are on our journey and it's okay. And neither one of us believe that whatever you eat gets you into heaven. We both, it is not a salvation issue. Right. Right. Maybe not your best. Yes. Yeah. It's not a salvation issue at all. We know that the only way is through Yeshua. And we were still worshiping on Sunday at this point too. And so then on our, um, at the congregation, we started doing, because this Sabbath was so fabulous, you know, so we started doing Friday evening at the church, at the congregation. 
Uh, and so there were people that brought stopped it. Everybody would bring their own food to, to eat for this little Sabbath dinner. And there were people that brought ham subs from Subway, you know, <laughs> all kinds of things. <laughs> because oh. we hadn't realized about the dietary laws yet. You know, that was a step later, right, a step or two right. later. Right. But yeah, you're right. You know, I, I, I've often joked about, you know, this visual I had of the father, looking over at the sun. Aren't they cute? <laughs> aren't they cute? Look how sweet, aren't they? That's fun. I I love his grace. I love walking this walk. I have so much freedom and I know you do too. And it's, it's all of a sudden the whole Bible makes sense. There's no contradictions. It all flows together now. It did it before. And now, and I mean, I've taught the word as a pastor, as an evangelist, as a teacher for years and years and years. And, and I still would say, yeah, some things feel, I can't quite answer, but it's God. So now nothing contradicts itself to me. Right, right. No, it, it just flows all the way through. You don't have to make up any kind of stories about why we don't do this or some kind of dispensational doctrine. No, no it just all fits. It all it fits. Just... It all makes sense. So I have a couple of questions for you before, because it will get everyone. We have some rapid fire questions. So they get to know you a little bit better. Where did you grow up? Actually, I, that's, all my stories are long stories. I'll try to do rapid fire. Okay. I was born in Indiana. I lived a lot in Kentucky because my parents were from Kentucky. I ran away from home at 14 and from 14 to 18, I lived in Florida as a runaway. Then I reconnected with my family and moved to California from the time I was 18 until just the last five years. Uh, I I'm in Oklahoma now. So I, I have gone from homeless to having a mansion in California to uh, practically homeless again, <laughs> and then back again. And you, you learn know? to be content now in all things, right? Yeah. And you know what? I really, I can't say that, you know, I honestly have driven Beamers and Mercedes and, and now I've got a, a Ford SUV, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it, they're cars, they're vehicles, they're, they're means of thing. transportation. Yeah. It doesn't, matter we have a mansion this is all temporary hey so what is the what is one item one one item that you feel like it's really worth spending more money on one item i would say invest in yourself hmm. um and and your and your purpose what god has called you to um he is able to perform and you know a lot of times we become who we've told ourselves we are but God created you and designed you with purpose and vision and dreams, and he will bring them to pass. But invest in yourself, do That's some self care and, and find out who, who was the you that God created you to be. I love that. That's a good one. I thought you were going to say collagen or something. What do you collect? <laughs> well, I do that too. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much. What do you collect? What do I collect? Books. Yeah, same. <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite place in Israel to visit? Do you have one or two? The the hotel, the the Wailing Wall is. I I just love standing there with everybody, and then you hear people, uh, you know, Mashiach, Mashiach, and then we're there as believers in in Messiah, and we're screaming the same thing, yeah. come Mashiach, you know, and just in a different language. So to me, that's like. Oh, and then of course, uh, Ben Yehuda street is obviously great on Shabbat evenings. Cause I, I love, you know, all the celebration and everything. And I would say Hezekiah's cave and, 
there were so many different things, the tunnel there that we went through. It was really scary, but it was really interesting to think of all the people that had gone through there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, those are probably my, my your hot faves. spots. Yeah. What, what was your last impulse buy? My last impulse buy. Wow. Um, it was probably some kind of makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Or a shirt. I don't know. Okay. Last one. If you could go back in time and change your history, would you do it? Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I, I would some things, but not all things, you know, um, I, I, the path that God chose for me, wasn't the one I would have chosen for myself, you know, but on the other hand, the deepest valleys is when I, I pressed into him and grew the most. So in those kind of situations, no. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. I would have been a better parent and, you know, in some things, not worked as many hours. Right. Little things like that. I, I would. Wisdom. Yeah. Right. I think looking back, people say that, you know, when I'm with my grandchildren, like, oh, it's, we like to be grandma parents now because when the kids act up, you can send them back. I said, no, that's not why I love being a grandma. I love being a grandma because I know it's important now. And yes. now, now I, I, it's the reason I'm doing the things I'm playing tea party or I'm jumping on the trampoline or I'm going down the water slide and looking like an idiot. It's because I know it's important now taking that phone call, doing that one more. I re- realized now none of that was important. And I, I'm, that's why, that's why I want to be a good grandma. Cause I know what's important now. Amen, sister. I yeah, agree. It isn't, a, it isn't kind of about a, sending it's a back. second shot for all of us and being yes. good parents. Yes. And hopefully it's teaching. I'm praying that it teaches. I'm spending some time with my daughter too want to tell you guys, you have to go get right now where you, you stop, go to Amazon. What's lust got to do with it by Dr. Deb gold. That's where I want you to go. And then you can go to, is it Dr. Deb right? Deborah gold. Yes. No, Dr. Deb gold. Yeah. Dr. Deb doctor. And it's going to all be in the show notes, Dr. Deb gold.com. Or also you want to go to women in ministries. I mean, women of merit ministries.com register for the journey in November there's a lot right there, but I do really encourage you because I know that you can set up a, a discovery call with Dr. Deb. If you're like, I'm in trauma, this has happened to me as a child. A lot of times people will say, oh, um, oh yeah, I can coach you through that. No, Dr. Deb has specific, not just personal knowledge to this, but she's got tools. She's got the credentials. She's got the scholarship behind it to be able to help walk you through that. And, and I want to, I'm going to say, I'm not going to, I'm going to say she can bring healing to you. I know that not only does she know the healer, but she's, he's given her tools to be able to give you, to bring healing to your life. Do you have any final words for everyone before we go? I'm excited for Sukkot. And so get out there and, and use that opportunity, even at Sukkot to love each other, you know, to get into a community. And if you're not going anywhere for Sukkot, invite community and just love on each other. I think that's the most important thing. As I'm getting older, I'm realizing what's important and what's not and and just make the main thing the main thing. Really good. Thank you for hanging out with us. Oh, it was great. I loved it. And that's a wrap on another Messiantics adventure. My fellow spiritual adventurers from splitting red seas of laughter to stumbling upon mana mishaps we've truly experienced the full spectrum of messianic marvels and Torah tales. Remember folks, as we navigate the sometimes bewildering, but always beautiful path of faith, it's okay to have a few loose ends along the way. Embracing the messiness of life is what makes our journey genuine. 
and our connection with Adonai so meaningful. Before we go, let's take a moment to thank our incredible guests who shared their story, insights, and aha moments with us. And of course, a big thank you to you, our amazing listeners. Without you, we just beat folks sitting in here with a microphone, and that's just not as fun. We'll catch up with you next time on Messy Antics, where the Torah is our compass and laughter is our guiding star. Stay joyful, stay curious, and may your days be filled with blessings that are as abundant as manna in the wilderness. And help us out by liking, subscribing, and leaving us that five-star review.